Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. I think that everybody knows what we're going to talk about today because we pretty much lined it up in the last episode. We did. <laughs> so there's no big surprise coming here as we open up today. No, no surprises. However, well, no surprises as to the topic. But right. The, uh, the, the content. The, the content, in fact, is probably going to be a little surprising for people. I've been working with people in the Inner Peace 101 program, and we talk about this. There's one lesson in the program where we talk about this particular set of issues, and we talk about the knight in shining armor and the damsel in distress and how it relates to us as whole humans. And and it's usually pretty rock the boat awakening for people. So we may have... (laughs) We may have a little rock in the the boat as we go into the process. I've already gotten feedback from a bunch of people on the last episode saying that they were like, oh my God, I saw myself and could I be that and the other one? And what if it's, you know, what do I do about this? ah." So we're we're having conversations about that. (laughs) Good. All right. So just to get everybody up to speed. We're talking archetypes right now. And last week we spoke about the knight in shining armor. And this week we're speaking about the damsel in distress. Yes. So how do we start? What is the damsel in distress and how is it different than what we talked about last week? Good question. So the damsel in distress is the opposite side, but the same thing as the knight in shining armor. Now, what do I mean by that? Mm. The knight in shining armor is the puffed up, push forward push through despite the fact that you're in pain and hurt and bloodied and pretending that you're not 
you know, injured on the field of battle. And the damsel in distress is the collapsed version. That is the, uh, I can't do it. I can't do anything. I'm helpless. I, 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 uh, that's the damsel in distress. And so they're very similar, but very different at the same time. Okay. And so you're going to hear some of the same things from last week in this week. And you're going to be like, well, but, but, but I know you guys love your black and white thinking, and I'm going to ask you to understand that this is not a black and white issue. Okay. Okay. It is, it is not an either, or you probably have aspects of both. And we did cover that a little bit at the end of the last episode. So don't panic <laughs> if you recognize yourself in this and the last episode, it just means that you're dealing with this particular response to your challenged childhood and it's manifesting in both the puffed and the collapsed states. Okay. When you're in the damsel in distress, a better way of saying that is to say that you become the placating caretaker. Okay. So I'm using these archetypes, but I'm, I'm going to define them more clearly because it's not about necessarily being somebody who needs rescuing, although that often is the case. It is about how you manage your environment. So the knight in shining armor controls through dominance and through, you know, running people over, right? Right. <laughs> it's just like, here I come to save the day. Douche, get out of my way. The damsel in distress is also trying to control the environment, but the damsel is doing it in a passive aggressive manipulating way through placating and caretaking. Okay. So she's managing the emotions of the person that she feels could be most damaging to her. And I'm going to use her because damsel is a she, but most often it's a guy doing this, just okay. so you know. And most often manifests as men, men doing this. Probably about 80-20. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not valid, actually. It's probably about 60-40. Okay. Probably about 60-40. It's just that the women are so loud in their their knight in shining armorness that it overshadows the women who are quiet about it in their damselness. So bear with me on that one. Um, it's about 60, 40 for men versus women. So the first thing that a damsel in distress will experience is stress and pressure. And this stress and pressure or anxiety is a function of never feeling safe in their own environment. And that may be for cause and it may not be for cause. It may be that, that they had an unsafe environment in their childhood and they're safe now, but they don't recognize that that's changed. And therefore, they're always hypervigilant. Most often with this mode, you will go into a sense of wanting to be invisible, wanting not to be noticed, wanting to be wallpaper. <laughs> Please don't notice me. I'm just going to quietly smooth the way for you and make your life okay so that you don't turn around and notice me because when I get noticed, I might get whacked, usually emotionally, but sometimes physically, depending on the scenario. There is a tendency to go into overwhelm and shutdown, and this personality type will procrastinate on almost everything. Okay. The procrastination is a function of feeling like they are never going to be good enough with whatever it is that they do. So the longer they can put it off, the longer they can put off di disappointing someone or themselves. Mm -hmm. They typically have low self-esteem as opposed to the high self-esteem of the knight in shining armor. But low self-love. But no self-love. Right. Neither one has self-love. Low self-esteem in this case is the same thing. It's I don't feel terribly competent to run my own life. 
So I'm going to abdicate responsibility to somebody else. They do best in partnership because of that fact, Okay. because they need somebody who is willing to step up and run their lives for them. In this case, they do have a well of anger, but the well of anger manifests as anger at themselves and therefore becomes depression because depression is anger turned inwards. Okay. And so they tend to have low energy and a lot of apathy around what they want. They don't know what they want and they don't really care to decide what they want because then they'd have to fight with the person that they've given dominance to in the relationship and they don't want to do that. Having absolutely no say in what's going on for them, they tend to find themselves feeling pretty empty because they're not engaged in their own lives. Okay. They do not claim their space because they've abdicated their space along with everything else. So if you meet somebody who apologizes to you every three seconds, that person's a damsel in distress because they are literally apologizing for their very existence. So because they haven't claimed their space, they can't set boundaries. And so they get run over all the time. It's the quintessential doormat. Mm -hmm. Their only form of control is caretaking and placating to keep the peace. And this is their way of controlling just enough to try and keep themselves safe. Okay. All of this results in a constant waiting for the other shoe to drop. Same thing that the knight in shining armor experiences. And so knight in shining armor is like plan and backup plan and backup plan for the backup plan. And the damsel in distress is going, everything's going to go hell in a handbasket any minute now. And there's going to be nothing I can do about it. And that just feeds the despondency and the depression. Life is what happens to them rather than what they create. There is a learned helplessness that happens in this dynamic. That learned helplessness comes from having tried to assert themselves in childhood over and over again and been smacked down. In a lot of ways, the damsel in distress is more realistic in their outlook on life than the knight in shining armor. Those of us who did the knight in shining armor thing We are stubborn as mules and we refuse to admit what is true. That's the only reason we still do what we do. The the damsel in distress has gone, okay, I've tried this path and it doesn't work. I'm not going to try it anymore. There is no point in even trying because I have proven that this is not valid and they accept. And to a certain extent, it lowers their stress levels. They become very type B versus type A. Okay. If they have left the abusive environment, they do not have as high cortisol levels as the knight in shining armor. Right. Because they're not actually under attack and they're willing to see what's true. The knight in shining armor has really high cortisol levels because they're like adrenaline all the time. Right. They're constantly on duty, as we talked (laughs) about. Exactly. And, you know, they're not willing to admit there's no threat because there could be one. Right. Any minute. I'm ready. What you got? Nothing? Here. Let me smack you. See if you have something for me. How about now? now? Right? Yeah. (laughs) That's the the knight in shining armor. (sighs) Fight me. I got anger that I got to get out. Yep. They're actually calmer humans, but rather than a joyless life that the knight in shining armor have, they've really kind of have a lifeless life. Okay. They're existing rather than living. Mm -hmm. They've come to a state of acceptance and they aren't choosing for themselves and they're just floating through life and waiting to see where the winds take them. So they're a, a leaf on the water as opposed to somebody in a canoe paddling. Okay. The damsel in distress 
has a collapsed identity. Hmm. Whereas the knight in shining armor's identity tends to be intact, but cracked and have holes in it from all the, the battle scars. Okay. But, you know, they're, they're like, this is who I am. And they may not have a really clear image of who that is, but they've got a strong enough image to hold it. Because they have the self-esteem. Right. Whereas the damsel in distress is, is in pieces on the floor and they're just looking at the pieces going, well, that's a shame. Maybe somebody can come along and help me put or, or put it back together for me. Not yeah. help me do it, but put it back together for me. It's as though they never step out of the child dynamic. Knights in shining armor, they're still in their inner children too in a lot of ways. But in self-determinants, they're still the damsels in distress are waiting for their partner, usually, yeah. to define them. And they define themselves in relation to their partner because they don't have a definition of their own. Now, some of you knights in shining armor are going, wait, I, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Women in particular have a tendency to do that. They'll twist themselves into pretzels to become a reflection of whatever it is they think their partner wants to keep them. So it's, it's a pattern that happens on both sides. And we'll talk more about that in our next episode as we go into what happens when these two people date each other. The damsel in distress, the placating caretaker, they tend to define themselves by how one other person sees them. Okay. Because they don't hold their own identity. They outsource their identity to their romantic partner. And so if their romantic partner is happy with them, they are happy. If their romantic partner is unhappy with them, then they're unhappy. And they're feeling like they're in danger. Because... If the partner leaves them, they lose all sense of self again. So is that a result of giving their power over to the romantic partner? Or is there just a dominant figure in their life that could represent that determinant of whether or not they're good? It's it's more than power. It's okay. identity. Yeah. So the identity, if you don't have a romantic partner and you're a damsel in distress, then you probably have a dominant parent who is serving in this role for you. Okay. Or a dominant friend who yeah. is serving in this role for you. They always will find the person to hold the dynamic. So even if it's not romantic relationship, you have a knight in shining armor very likely in your life. Yes. And if you don't, then you feel lost. Okay. Because you don't have anyone to hold that identity for you. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, the, the goal in this dynamic is to re-internalize your identity, but that means rebuilding it. Right. And that means you have to take responsibility for picking it up off the ground and putting the pieces back together again. And, and that requires overcoming the helplessness because the biggest barrier to a damsel in distress coming back into her own is that learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. Because with learned helplessness comes hopelessness. Okay. And the hopelessness fuels the apathy and the belief that nothing will ever change. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can possibly ever do in your own personal growth process is to invest in being hopeless. I don't care if you run headlong into the most painful thing you've ever done. It is better than running headlong into hopelessness because there is no exit from hopelessness. Okay. There are two leaps of faith that have to happen for these two dynamics. For the knight in shining armor, 
the leap of faith is to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to be seen, to not be holding up and I'm fine. I've got it all covered. I'm good. Yep. To allow somebody to see the, the pain and the hurt inside. That's the leap of faith for the knight in shining armor. The leap of faith for the damsel in distress is to reinvest in their own lives, to re-engage. Leap into their own worthiness. To Well, to leap into their own potential, mm-hmm. to leap into the possibility that things could be different, to re-engage hope. That's the hardest part. That's the leap of faith because there's this sense that if I hope again and it gets crushed, I won't survive it. But the fact is you're already not surviving what you've done. Mm-hmm. It's already broken you. That's why you gave up hope. The only chance of really surviving and thriving is to re-engage your hope, is to, to take it back and to say, I'm going to choose to hope that things will be better. Therefore, in that choosing to hope, I will begin to actively take part in my own life. This is a very subtle and very insidious thing that will suck at the underpinnings. This, this sort of why bother? This is a default story. Why bother? It will pull at the bottom of everything unless you are really vigilant about it. And the problem is they're not vigilant. They're not used to it. So it's helpful for a damsel in distress to actually have a knight in shining armor who is used to being vigilant. But the knight in shining armor has to have learned how to be soft. Okay. Because if they come at the damsel in distress with warrior love and go, look at this soft spot, whack, that breaks the the process again and they have to start over. They have to learn to be softer with the damsel in distress because they need encouragement. Think of them like a seedling they're starting from a seedling and they're, you know, they're germinating the seed and then it's turning into a seedling and then it goes into a pot and then you have to let it grow. Can you tell I've been gardening? And then you have to <laughs> let it grow a little bit and then you have to pot it up and then you have to put it in the garden and you have to continue to water it. And, you know, they're, they're literally starting their identity from scratch. And so it takes time and patience mm-hmm. and watering and care and nurturance in order to be able to bring it into fruition. Our culture doesn't really support that. Our culture is really non-supportive of nurturance in most ways, except mom and kid, you know, and even then there's a lot of disciplinarians out there (laughs) that are like, you know, spare the rod and spoil the child. Right. (laughs) So, you know, even then, even within that one place that nurturance is accepted, it's still got stuff in it. That's not conducive for it. So our culture, the Western culture specifically American culture, is so goal-oriented and so harsh in so many ways that it's tough. It's tough for a damsel in distress. I, I give you guys credit. I really do. If you are listening to this and you have stepped into this process and you've listened to this podcast and you've been listening to it and you've been considering this process... I give you a lot of credit because that is a huge step forward just in and of itself Mm -hmm. because making a step to do anything to help yourself out of your current scenario is a massive effort for a damsel in distress. 
And I give you major kudos for even being here. And I just want to say, go you yeah. because it's, it's huge for you. And I know how hard it is. I have witnessed it. I am currently in the process of actually looking at where I had that in my field when I was going through this process too, because I invested in the warrior side, right. in, the, in the knight in shining armor side, but I'm becoming aware that I had a collapsed sense of self as well. And so, you know, I'm looking at those pieces for myself now as I look back and going, huh, isn't that interesting? Learning from that as well. As you're looking at this process moving forward, if the damsel in distress is where you are, if that's where you live, then engaging your hope, just choose to decide that you want to be happier, that you deserve to be happier, that, you know, it's okay for you to want something different than what you have. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Give yourself permission to want something different. And allow yourself to see your deservingness. Is that a word? Deservingness of yeah. the things you want? Yeah. Deservingness is a good word. Yeah. We told the spider story from the walkabout, the fact that everybody is deserving. Deserving isn't really a thing mm -hmm. until you decide that you're not. And, you know, the, the concept of deserving is, is an illusion. There is no such thing as deserving or not deserving because we are. Right. We just are. It's not that we deserve to have or not have anything or have or be or not be anything. We are everything and we have everything because we are all one. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of separation is an illusion of the physical reality. The concept of deserving is an even greater illusion of not understanding the core nature of who we are. Right. It's less about giving yourself permission to deserve it and more about giving yourself permission to want it mm -hmm. because it's the wanting that we've turned off. And, you know, I know the Buddhists love to say, oh, you know, desire is the source of all suffering. But in actuality, it's the attachment to getting what you desire that is the source of all suffering. Mm -hmm. The desire itself is not the source of the suffering. Well, this is great. I think this gives us a good comparison to what we looked at last week with Knight in Shining Armor. I'm very interested to talk about them in relationship next week. Yes. We've teased on that throughout these two episodes, so it'll be interesting to spend a little bit of time focused on that. Yeah, it's particularly interesting and it will... If you are in a relationship with someone else in this dynamic, you are going to be like, oh. Right. <laughs> It's going to be huge. So yeah, you'll definitely want to tune in for that one. All right. Do you have anything you want to say to sort of wrap up this particular archetype that we've been discussing? Believe in yourself. I believe in you. Awesome. Thank you very much. That has been really cool. All right, folks, that is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Chirpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, I leave behind a little fear. 
Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.